Welcome to the Dad the Man podcast. If you want more influence with your kids, connection with your wife, and purpose in your life, then you are in the right place. We share conversations with the world's greatest, as well as lessons from the Bible and my own personal experiences. I'm Brendan Wall, and I'm your host. I am married with four kids. I am not the guy with all the answers, but I am in search of them. I want to personally thank you for being here. It's an honor to have you. All right, fellas, welcome back. I hope that you're all having an awesome week so far. And I want to first thank you so much for tuning in to the show today. You have chosen to spend your most precious resource, your time, listening to this show. There are so many other things that you could be doing, so many other things that you could be listening to, but you've chosen to tune in here today, and that means the world to me. I just want to thank you so much for choosing to to listen to this show, support this show, and uh, you know, it's my goal to give you the best return on your time as I possibly can. So that's something that I recognize. I just want to thank you so much for being here. So what we're going to have today is a it's a conversation with one of my favorite musicians. His name is Drew Holcomb. And in this episode, what you are going to get is a lot of just straightforward salt of the earth advice from from our guest, Drew. He is he gives some really great no nonsense advice that I think you'll be able to use today to be a better man, better husband, better father. Now, I will introduce him here in a second and we'll get things rolling. But before we do, I do have a quick ask. If you are enjoying the show, if you're learning and you want to support us, if you want to support what we're doing here at Dad the Man, the best way to support us is to one, subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and leave us a review on whatever platform that you listen on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, maybe it's Spotify, maybe it's something else. That's the best way to support us. Super simple. You can do all three of those things in a minute or less. And if you've already done that, I thank you. Thank you so much for doing it. I'm, I'm telling you, it means the world to me. If you haven't already, please consider it. If not, buckle up, enjoy the ride today. Anyway, I, again, I just want to thank you so much for being here. So I guess let's go ahead and jump on in. So today's guest is the one and only Drew Holcomb. And for those of you who don't know, he is a fantastic musician and he plays with a group called Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. In fact, the, the Neighbors actually just released their ninth album. It's called Strangers No More. I think it literally just came out like last week. I will drop a link in the show notes so that you guys can easily find it. But it's really great. I highly recommend that you guys go check that out. Drew is a, he's a man through and through, born in Memphis, went to school at the University of Tennessee over in Knoxville on the eastern side of the state, and now he's settled right in the middle in Nashville, uh, where he lives now with his wife, Ellie, who is also a very well-known, talented musician. They have three kids together, Emmylou, Huck, and Rivers. So Drew also started a really incredible music festival. Um, a lot of people don't know that, but he started this festival in my hometown of Chattanooga. The festival is called Moon River. People come from all over to to visit Chattanooga to go to this festival. I have friends come up. Uh, for, I have a bunch of family and friends in Birmingham. They come up every year for it. Uh, but the festival gets really amazing acts to come play, great musicians, great atmosphere. It's really well done. Highly recommend checking it out if you are into music festivals. Drew's humor is very dry, very direct, 
And, you know, that made this conversation a lot of fun. Um, he's honest and he's unafraid to tell it like it is and tell his his opinion on things. But he's also very humble and respectful in his communication as well. And uh, just a really fun guy to have here on the show. Now, the back half of this conversation, I, I really think is, is it's especially great. We talk about things like, you know, living in community and why our job as parents is not to entertain our kids all the time. And then Drew gives his take on vulnerability, you know, for us as dudes, like why is that relevant to us? And then he also shares some unsolicited advice as well. Now, if you follow him on, on Instagram, you know that he's, he's famous for his unsolicited advice segments. And, uh, you know, we went over a couple of the classics and he also shared a few, you know, a couple sneak peeks of some that he will be sharing at some point on his Instagram. But above it all, Drew is an incredible man, husband and father, and it was an honor to host him on the show. So here's my conversation with the Drew Holcomb. All right, everybody, back again. And today we have a guest I'm so excited to introduce. If you know music at all, you know this guy. He is the one and only Drew Holcomb. Welcome to the Death of Man podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Excited to be on. Yeah, so I want to give everybody uh, a good snapshot. Let's lay the land of where we are right now for you as a dad, as a husband. Can you give us the lay of the land of your family your dynamic? How long have you and Ellie been married? How many kids you guys got? Like, what? where are we right now? Yeah, yeah. So we are, Ellie and I have been married for almost 18 years. Um, we are, we have three kids. We have a 10-year-old girl and a seven and a half, four and a half-year-old boys. Um, we are both full-time working musicians. I travel probably 80 nights a year in a tour bus going around the country and playing songs and with my band. And then we also, we do a good bit of that Ellie and I do a tour too. She's a touring artist as well. Doesn't tour nearly as much as I do. She she enjoys uh, or is sort of chosen to be home more than I than I can do. So, um, yeah, that's sort of the the quick you know lay of the land. We um, both come from big families. Ellie's the oldest of five. I'm the second of four. We're close to our families. There's a lot of we're very busy. A lot of chaos. We're involved in a lot of things outside of family and 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 work and just kind of always burning the candle at both ends and trying to trying to stay connected in the, in the process. Yeah, I, I hear you. I You made me think of a quote. I was listening to Tim Tebow the other day. You said burning the candle at both ends and, you know, running around. And he said, he said, the last thing I want is to get to heaven and feel well rested. He talked about, <laughs> I'm leaving it all on the field. And I, I can't forget that. I can't shake that. But that uh, what you just said brought it to mind. How yeah, crazy sure. is it uh, traveling around? Like, does your family go with you on, on tour? Sometimes, yeah. Um, we've taken the kids. Ellie and I do an acoustic tour in the winter every year, mm -hmm. and we'll take the kids out of school for a couple of long weekends of that. So they'll probably do. Our kids probably spend I don't know maybe ten, fifteen nights a year on the tour bus, and then awesome. if we have a if we have, a lot of times we'll do some event where it, you know maybe we're playing an event at the beach somewhere. Or, you know, in spring break we traded a show at a for a week at a house in the mountains to ski and so there's there's plenty of times where our kids get to see what we do in person and and be a part of it they love sleeping on the tour bus they sleep on the way better on the bus than i do i'm a light i'm a light sleeper so i've chose the wrong profession but um yeah they're pretty familiar um sometimes it's easier to leave them leave them behind and that's that's a tricky but re part of our reality and um yeah but but they they do love it they they are a little bit immune to some of the 
you know, other kids are like, you get to go backstage. And my kids are like, who cares? It's just a bunch of rooms in a hallway, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do your kids like totally like understand like how well-known their mom and dad are? Yeah, that's, they do. That's sometimes a challenging thing. It's like we've, Ellie and I have built a life on sort of being at least if not open, at least sort of kind to folks who stop us in public, which we're not like, you know, arena rock famous or anything, but we definitely get noticed and, and, and pulled aside in airports and restaurants and stuff. And, um, I think that's probably my kid's least favorite part of it. Um, they kind of get dragged into that. And, um, you know, people always ask me, do you like being, do you mind being interrupted or said hello to? And I, I say, no, I don't mind it. But there's two times that I do mind it. Um, is when I'm sitting down at a restaurant and somebody like comes up and like starts talking, you're like, I'm sitting here eating with my wife or my friends. <laughs> and then second, it's tricky when you're just with, the, with your kids. I mean, there've been a couple of times where people have asked for pictures with my kids in the picture. And I'm like, that's a hard pass. Yeah. Um, but, but they're pretty good about, we always, Ellie's great. She says that, you know, the stage is not for us. It's for us to, you know, bless other people. And so they've got a good sort of, I think a good mind wrapped around why we do what we do. And, um, but it's tricky. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that's uh great advice for anybody listening to apply that. If, if you see Drew out, if you see anybody else, <laughs> out, like, don't interrupt them at the meal and like, don't try to take pictures with their kids. Like those are good uh, no, rules good, of thumb to go fair, by. Fair guidelines. Yeah. Yeah. Those are hard to, those are hard to argue with. Uh, so, so what are your kids into? Like what is a, I'm just imagining like for me, yeah. I know on Saturdays, we're going to be going to soccer games and baseball games. Yeah. What, what do your yeah, weekends look like? Yeah. We got soccer games for sure. Um, they did basketball in the winter. I mean, they're just doing normal kids stuff, you know, <laughs> choir and drama and chess class and this and that. I mean, there's no, there's no, um, we as a family are into, you know, they, they got really into snow skiing over spring break, which is a lot of fun. Nice. Um, I'm a pilot and my daughter loves to fly with me, which is really fun um yeah i mean they're all they're very the two older ones are very into reading uh which is great ellie and i are have always been big readers ellie was an english lit major and i was a history major so our house is littered with bookshelves and they're falling right into that which is which is fun my son is very like yesterday he's he reads these graphic novels and um he's asked me if i could get him a book about the french revolution and he's seven so <laughs> um that's awesome. you know he's a unique kid <laughs> for sure so they're I mean, there but they're into every all the same things that kids are into jump on the trampoline and playing with their dog and being kids you know yeah that's pretty impressive for a seven-year-old yeah it is he's a sharp kid yeah. uh that's uh that that's awesome um uh, give us a little bit of uh a little bit of color on on who you are as a dad can you like if i was to ask you to like bottle it up put it in a nutshell like what's your general approach to parenting who are you as a dad can you give us a flavor of that yeah I think I'm a very sort of um affectionate heavy so like I'm pretty tough on on our kids like I have pretty clear and high expectations but I'm also fun like our, my punishments are sort of weird uh, which I inherited from my own father my dad had some very funny and strange punishments um but like my boys got in a fight the other day and I made them put their nose, we have noses on the walls. One of our like timeout things, you gotta go put your nose on the wall. And I made them do that next to each other, holding hands. And they had to sing peaches from the super Mario brothers movie <laughs> together. 
um, which then led them to laughing. And I just kind of moved on from the moment. But, um, you know, I'm Ellie is much more of the get on the floor and build the Legos with them. That's not my giftedness. I'm more of a do what I do and take my kids along with me kind of a ride. So I love like yeah. I play golf. So I take my kids to the driving range and they love that. And we have a good time. We go get ice cream afterwards. But, um, you know, I, uh, because of the nature of my job, I'm gone a lot. And so I have to be very intentional with spending quality time. I try at the beginning of every month to schedule at least some sort of two to three hour one-on-one -on -one window with each kid. Mm -hmm. so that I kind of really monthly have a little bit of time to get get to kind of keep catch up with what's going on with them and just have some fun or 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 catch up on school and stuff like that um so that's unique I'm not I'm just I'm not available every day because of because I'm gone a fair bit so mm -hmm. try to bring them into my mm -hmm. world which is fun um I enjoy that a lot uh we have we live in an old historic neighborhood so there's a lot of life on life with other families um so our kids know our neighbors and they play with their so there's just a lot of like moving parts our house is sort of a revolving door um and that's just yeah that's kind of what our life is like we, we share our kids in, in a lot of ways with our friends and uh, and their kids and and vice versa and so and then we also are pretty close to both sets of grandparents and so they're pretty pretty much a part of our world as well but yeah I'm, i i don't mind being sort of the the bad news parent I have thick skin. So when they're, yeah. if there's a bad, if there's a hard thing to tell them about a dis some sort of disappointment or discipline issue, I'm okay being the, being the heavy. Um, but I also love, I'm a, I love adventures and surprises. So we take the kids and do a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. I, I love the idea of the discipline being weird. Yeah. I think that's all. Like, I'm probably yeah. going to steal that exact example that you just gave. I got six and four year old boys and then we've got some twin newborns are about seven months. So we got to, got to wait a little bit to, to get yeah. weird with them, but I'm for sure going to use that with the six and four year old. Uh, yesterday we were playing dodgeball at this school playground around the corner from our house. And my daughter was not wanting to play. She was just, I think she was frustrated that she got out. So, um, she wanted to kind of quit. And I was like, no, okay. If you quit, but then you have to do up downs. And she's like, what are up downs? And I was like, go get in a push up position and then get back up on your feet and do that over and over again until you're ready to play. And she did about three of them. And she's like, okay, I'm ready to play again. <laughs> do them until you're ready to play. Yeah. Not, right. not give me 10 and go sit on the side until no, you're ready no, to no, come back playing. and play again. Yeah. These are your options, up downs or play. That is, yeah. that's outstanding. So that comes from your dad, you said? Oh yeah, very much so. He, he, uh, he was a, I mean, the, the grossest one, he was a dentist and I was a terrible toothbrusher. And so one day he comes up to me and says, your breath is terrible. I was probably 10 years old and he, he, this is so gross, but he took out his dental tools and scraped off all the stuff off of my dirty teeth, put them on a cracker and made me eat it. Oh. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he was that so that was, a, that was the last time i forgot to brush my teeth for for a week yeah. uh i might not ever get that image out of my head that's I'm pretty sorry. bad right there <laughs> i'm sorry yeah it's true true story uh effective parenting at work yep i brush my teeth daily now yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic uh no that's 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 awesome I, I love the idea of having a little bit of humor in the in the discipline you know it's um I tell my kids all the time, and again, they're, you know, they're little, I guess, like yours, and I tell them, 
you know, I'm hard on you because I love you. You know, if I wasn't, yeah. if I didn't love you, I wouldn't be hard on you. But I love a, a good way, a little, a good edge, a little kick in the, uh, kick in the groin with a little humor in the middle of it. It's that's that's a nice style. I like that. Yeah, that's a fun way to sort of establish boundaries without without having to be too sort of um, serious about it. But also, they know that you're you're being serious. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. And who wants to hold hands with their brother and sing songs again? You know not very long or or eat the dirty cracker that's right that's uh that's rough uh i want to dig in on something else you mentioned in there before talking about how like i guess you and ellie's like differing uh parenting styles or playing styles just spending time with your kids she's more get on the floor get into their world and you you lean a little bit more towards bringing them into your own world was that natural to you to do that like i'm thinking about myself there are so many times where i just feel guilty and i'm like if i have one more dinosaur fight today I'm going to, I'm going to lose it. I can't do another one, but I know that my son would just do it for hours and hours and hours. And I'm trying to do a better job of pulling them into my world. Like, Hey, I'm going to go do this. Like, come with me. Is that something you ever faced or has, are you just more of a natural with that? That was a lot of my experience as a kid. I grew up five doors down the street from my grandfather and my grandfather loved to fish and to hunt and to play golf and he he would take me along with him you know and so i just kind of experienced you know adult living of adventurous fun life inviting kids into that so that was that was certainly a, a part of it and then i also grew up with a brother with spina bifida who required a ton of attention and care from my my mom and so um my siblings and i just sort of we were just kind of expected to make build our own like make our own fun you know and that was just kind of like the life that it, that it was and you know in the 80s and early 90s and so yeah that i think i think there's a tendency one of the things i like about living in community is that like for instance with the screens we don't have we have an ipad the only time our kids are allowed to be on the ipads is if we're on a flight um and then we they started playing this like math game called Prodigy at school. And now we let them do that if they they earn it, right? Mm-hmm. So that gets harder when all their peers have screens. But if because we live in community with other people, the parents are kind of on the same page. You know, we're like, okay, let's all hold the line together so that when our kid says, well, all my friends have a screen. It's like, well, no, they don't. So-and-so doesn't have a screen. So-and-so doesn't have a screen. Yeah, you know that those kind of things are 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 helpful. I think for me as a parent, and and similarly with playing with my kids, like I I definitely I don't mind playing with them in their worlds. Like I'll I'll build a Lego thing, but also it's okay. Like I I I very much feel no guilt or shame that my job as a parent is not necessarily to entertain my kids all the time. Mm-hmm. Like that's not that's not your your sole purpose is just to keep your kids entertained and and so many parents i think they just never their kids are always you know like it's okay to let your kids be bored they would just tell our kids like we have a a nice fun backyard like go in the backyard for 30 minutes do not come back in this house for 30 minutes and if you do you're you know x y or z consequence you lose your show you lose your prodigy time or whatever Mm -hmm. um and i think that I wish that more parents would feel permission to let their kids be bored really. So for, for the, not just for their kids, but for their own sanity, you know, um, people, I love saying no to my kids. I think it's fun sometimes, you know, Can you I might as well look this? at it that way. Cause you got yeah, to, right? no, you can't. And they're like, but what if I'm like, still no. <laughs> and yep. Nope. Did, did I say no? Yeah. Cause yeah. I meant no. Yeah. Um, 
yeah. So, but but everybody's different. Like one of the things that Ellie and I do that's interesting that's been good for us is because we're so different. We have like, for instance, we have very different ways of doing bedtime routine, and for years we would do it at the same time, and then we would be like kind of annoyed with each other, and then we'd be done, and then we'd have to go downstairs, and all the dishes are still dirty, and the kitchen hadn't been cleaned up, and the house is a mess. And so next thing you know, it's 10 o'clock and it's time to go to bed, you know, yep. 11 o'clock and didn't get any time with each other or any time to do our own thing. So about three years ago, we started switching nights. Like it's, it's only one person's night to put the kids down each night and you do it your way. And we don't have like, I don't police how Ellie does it. She doesn't police how I do it. And we just trust each other to, to do it you know, our way and the kids are going to go to bed. They're going to get all their stuff done. And the other person cleans up the kitchen or the downstairs and kind of gets the house picked up a little bit and then has time to do whatever they want. And that's been an incredible rhythm for us. And it means we're not like annoyed with each other at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's little things like that, that you pick up along the way to kind of make your life make more sense and give your kids. And it's also like, I found, especially when the kids were little, that if Ellie's around, they would kind of always defer and prefer her. And that was a bit lonely for me as a dad. Yep. Whereas when I'm putting them down or she's out of town and I have them, they're really deferred to me. And that's more enjoyable and special for me as a parent. And so I think just sometimes getting out of each other's way has been really great. And especially as it relates to the way we play with our kids, you know, we're just, di we're just different and that's okay. Instead of comparing, we just sort of embrace our differences. I think you just made my whole life better with that single piece of advice. That's outstanding. Yeah. You're That's welcome. incredible. I'll send I'll send everybody a Venmo. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my wife and I are, are different in our bedtime approaches as well. I mean, I, you could probably guess that my wife's bedtime is, it's a bit more peaceful. Mine is a little bit more like, for sure, there's going to be a crescendo, maybe a small fight. I'm going to end up pinning them down and like basically duct taping them to the bed and saying, all right, time to go to bed now. Good night. Uh, yeah, that's mine, about, that's mine's about a little right. less logical than hers is hers tends to go a little smoother uh that's a whole lot faster though which i'm very proud of that's pretty you know? good that's pretty yeah. good so it's easier said than done that's what yeah. i'll tell you what that's one of the areas i think i have to improve on the most as a parent because i for some reason i don't know what it is i lose my patience more at bedtime with my kids than any other time of the day i'm like guys you gotta go to bed and then I'm like, yeah. well, I just got you all wound up. So maybe this is my fault. And then I just, you know, it happens all the time. <laughs> yep. Uh, easier said than done, but I'll, I'll be stealing that. Um, stealing a few things from me here. Uh, I want to talk about you talking about, you know, living in community with other families and, and being able to lean on people who have similar value systems. And like you said, like the screen time thing, like you have people that are close to you, people that your kids enjoy spending time with too, and that you guys enjoy spending time with that you can really lean on it and use as examples and, and walk through life together. How have you gone about scouting out those people that may be a weird term to use when you talk about like your friends and relationships, but how have you gone about developing relationships with people that you feel like you uh, relate to and want your kids to be spending time with? Yeah. I mean, sometimes it kind of reveals itself organically with, you know, who your kid may um, sort of latch onto when they're younger and develop friendships with, and then you end up enjoying the parents and um, spending more time together. I think it does involve like for Ellie and I it involves we're pretty intentional about having folks over to the house in the backyard to play and get to know the parents. And um, we are 
lucky that we have a swimming pool. So in the summertime, our house is kind of a magnet for young people, families, young kids. So we just built those relationships over time. But I mean, some of them go back, like one of those families that lives nearby is Ellie. The 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 wife is Ellie's best friend from like all the way through elementary school to college. They were roommates in college. So we have like deep, deep ties to them. And we yeah see the world in similar ways. And we're able to sort of, you know, lean on each other, like you said. So it's a mixture of organic, but then also intentionality. I think especially it's important for dads, since I imagine the primary audience of this is, is other dads. It requires vulnerability. I mean, like you got to get to know some people and say out loud to them, man, I'm having a hard time as a dad figuring out what to do about screen time. You guys found anything like, here's what I'm reading. Here's what I'm afraid of. I don't want to be like a fearful person, but there's also real problems you know, medically, psychologically with seven-year-olds being on screens all day long. You know, these are facts. So any guy, you guys got any best practices? Like for a dad, it, it takes being, putting yourself in a position of going, I don't know what to do about X. You got any thoughts? Yeah. Next thing you know, the other dad goes, and this happened to me at soccer practice the other day. He's a guy that I don't know that well. He's like, how you doing? And I was like, well, you know, we're doing all right. We're dealing with this and this. And he's like, man, me too. And then the next thing you know, we're having this conversation about parenting children that are not very good listeners, which is like one of our kids is having a harder time listening. So, you know, that's, there's like a vulnerability there that, that builds community, you know, like builds mm -hmm. trust. If someone knows that you're not, that you don't have it all together, then they feel like they can also be honest about that. And then you can find solutions together. Um, but I, I think, I would be lying to say that m most of the relationships we have with the people who we share similar value with kids, I'd say at least 60, 70% of them are people we've known since before we had kids. Yeah. So we, we built those relationships in our twenties, but also again, 30% is still a lot. We have a lot of friends, new friends from, from that we've met since we've had children. So I just think it requires a certain level of being the intentional one who's willing to be vulnerable on the front end to build a relationship so that you have um, other people that you're sharing life with. That's sort of the, the, the defining reality of it, you know? Yeah, that's, that's, that's really great. And that's super helpful. And and I'll add too, just for anybody listening, I know recently my, my wife and I, our family, we've had a lot of success just becoming good friends with, with some folks that live near us that also go to our church. You know, we have mm -hmm. some inherent, um, shared values just based on that and you know kids sure. kids around the same age and we we've just found we love spending time with them you know and it's just kind of grown organically and we're fortunate that we live close to them but um, yeah it's been a, been a good source for us you know and it's we've yeah. we've learned a lot and to your point just to be able to say what do you guys think about this like it's funny we we i think we have a tendency as dudes maybe to isolate ourselves just thinking yeah. we're the we're the only people dealing with this and it's like yeah no we're not no, we don't not. have kids <laughs> yeah it's amazing that people have been doing this since the beginning of time. <laughs> yeah, like we're so arrogant to think we came up with a unique problem that's never been had before. You know, it's right, like, come, right. come on. Uh, right. It's crazy when you think about it that way. Um, okay, so I want to I want to ask one more question and then we'll, we'll, we'll work on getting you out of here. So one of the things I used to love following you for, and I, this is request as well. Can you bring back unsolicited advice on Instagram? <laughs> can you bring this back? Uh, yes. Well, I, 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 the funny thing is I've been, I had been saving those for years and, you know, I kind of used them all in like a <laughs> four month period of time 
or six month period of time. And everybody's like, bring those back. And I'm like, man, I've been collecting those for years. You can't just go make them up, you know? Uh, but They're yeah, so that, good. that has not, uh, that is not, I'm not finished with that. I'm trying to figure out sort of what the next phase of that is, but um, I've been so busy making new music this last couple of years that I've, I haven't, I haven't spent as much time on it. I think you could make it into like, I think you can make it into a book. I was flipping through them this morning, just getting ready to catch up. And I was cracking up. I wrote some of them down. Like the, you know, back up at the baggage claim. But, uh, and the, I mean, it's amazing. It's like, every, this would be so much faster if everybody did at the same time. Hold on, I'm going to pull up. I, I got a list of a few. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go give you the backstory, but I'll give you like two or three just for yourself here. Oh, this is, this is um, a treat. Okay. Um, hide your Pearl Jam records from your father. <laughs> it's a good, good backstory there. Um, okay. So. Don't bring your nieces and nephews stolen Christmas presents. I like it. Uh, don't run directly behind a donkey. I'd you know, I, I can so. guess what the story is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, there's there's just a few little <laughs> little extras for you. Um, <laughs> Those yeah. are good. That's dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, whenever you bring them back, uh, it sounds like you were already going to do it anyway. But I'll take all the credit for encouraging you yeah, to there bring you it back. There's one on there, and I just want to call this out. I know we're we're getting close on time, but there's one that I have found to be so relevant in my life that is so good. Is don't argue with your spouse after 10 p.m. Oh my like, gosh, that is like if somebody asked me what's the best marriage advice you could give somebody, that could be it. Yeah. Well, there's that whole like you know thing. There's a verse about don't the sun go down on your anger. And a lot of times I'm like, listen, the sun went down like hours ago. Yeah. Like that's too late, you yeah. know? And I've, I've found that you, if you sleep on any argument in the next morning, like the next day, the temperature is almost always like 50 degrees cooler. And one of you has gotten perspective on what really happened. Like it's almost without fail. It's like you're having a coffee and you go, hey, so we were arguing about X. But what I realized this morning or last night was, really what I'm upset about is why, you know, or X, you know, or Z. Yep. It's not usually the thing you're arguing about. Um, but yeah, it's a, that's, a, that's some one that somebody gave us. Um, I've had to actually translate that into not only can we not argue after 10, 10 PM, we can't really have any serious conversation after 10 because yeah, yeah. I'm, my wife's a vampire. She can stay up for whatever, but by, by 10 30, 11, she's telling me, Hey, I gotta tell you what happened today conversation with so-and-so and i'm like stay awake stay awake don't fall asleep don't fall asleep and it's just like do you even know what i'm saying and i'm like i told you i can't do this this late i'm just proud i stayed awake that's right uh man that's that's incredible yeah so if anybody ever tells you don't go to sleep angry tell them that they're wrong that's terrible advice and that's don't right. follow it um <laughs> Drew, I really appreciate you making some time for us today, man. We're going to land this thing right on time. Uh, again, I know how valuable your time is. So thankful to have had the opportunity to have you on here. Let us know when unsolicited advice comes out so that I can take the credit for coming back out. Uh, we'll stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, brother, we'll stay in touch. Thanks again. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Good luck to you. All right, man. Take care.